Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I got a G check that I want to go ahead and share with you because sometimes you just got to share what you're going through because you never know who else needs it. So for the last conversations or two, you know that we've been discussing my disdain for the job that I'm currently at, right? And uh, I tell you what, it is so easy to become discouraged and distracted while you are waiting for the next thing to happen in your life. It's almost like that transitional phase in life can be so uncomfortable that if not careful, discouragement will seep in. And so I went ahead and started writing because I'm starting to realize I have a lot that I want to say and I don't always want to rely on you picking up your phone so I can go ahead and get it off my chest. Lord knows I don't want to talk my husband's ear off. You know, I don't want to rely on somebody answering their phone or what have you to be able to or be available to be able to get certain things off of my chest. So the easiest, most accessible way outside of talking directly to God is just that I've just decided to start writing down things. And so I had to remind myself, like, listen, what are you waiting for right now? Like, what's your thing? So this particular instance, my thing is I don't want to be at this job anymore. I just I don't. And it's not because of any other reason outside of the struggle is not worth the wait for me. And let me just stop there because that was the word there. You may have missed it. I believe the reason why God shows most people where they're going is because the process of taking you there, you need to connect to where you're going in order to prevail during the journey. So the reason why he was able to tell the Israelites, hey, the land of milk and honey is going to be dope. It's going to be excellent. You understand? You're going to have... Listen, y'all all about to be homeowners. Like, I know you went from slaves, but you're getting ready to get some real estate. Like, the reason why he was able to give them that or why he probably chose to give them that is God knows and he's smart enough to put together. If he can connect your passion to your position, you will sustain opposition. And so I've been very, very clear on wherever I'm going has to be worth it to me or I would get faint hearted during the journey. I'm clear on that. The reason why mothers are able to go through labor and delivery is because you've already connected to this baby for 40 weeks. You done had a baby shower. You done went ahead and started nesting. You done picked out a few names. You are super excited. The reason why you kept going to those prenatal appointments and getting those needles and all the other different, you know, discomforts that are attached to birth in this child is because you connected on a whole different level. What is this child that's been kicking in me? This thing that has been keeping me up at night, changing my sleeping patterns, changing my taste buds. Like, what is it? And the only reason you're able to connect from the time that you found out you were pregnant to the time that it's time to go ahead and give birth to this thing is because you connected to it so nothing in between can distract you it's not like saying yeah you know what I don't think I want to do this anymore something connects you to the purpose of why you're doing a thing and so I am very clear that there's always going to be some form of a Judas in every arena 
yeah don't make your reasoning from wanting to switch up one thing to another be well I can't stand my boss that well guess what there's a few other bosses that's going to be in your next venue that you're not going to like well you know what I'm going to just go ahead and I'm going to be an entrepreneur because I can't deal with people in the corporate realm well I'm going to go ahead and tell you this you're going to be extra extra frustrated because people are not going to gravitate towards your entrepreneur idea and then now you're going to have to deal with the IRS and all that other stuff on a whole nother level that you never ever did so again do not let your reasoning for switching up a lane be something that is so fickle as a person or two that you just eh, don't really have it for you understand what I'm saying it has to be more than that there has to be connection to that there's a reason in why you're switching over make sure that you are so plugged in that anything that tries to come in and give you static you just like listen I would change this channel but I'm not changing my seat you understand and so I was having that conversation with myself. You know, is this career path worth it? If you let's just go ahead and say, you know, you get the years experience that you need and you go to another agency or facility to do HR in that department, because that's the career path that I kind of was like, you know what, I want to explore. Let's say you go somewhere else and it's just as chaotic. It's just as disorganized. Is it the facility or is it this particular career path or are you willing to stick it out, bite down on the bullet no matter what comes that you're like, I am sticking to it. Are you that passionate about about this particular career path that anything that flies your way you like I'm willing to take it and my truth was no it really was it was like I'm, I'm not passionate about paperwork and you know again this is my lens on the career path I am not that interested not that connected no and dollar amounts don't do it for me if that was the case, I would have stayed at my last position that was offering a lot of money, but the workload was insanium. And I was like, it's a new word. I just made it up, and we're going to go ahead and take it. Judges, it's accepted. Cool. Thank you. Um, and, and I went ahead and said, no, you are not going to orchestrate the uh, awesomeness of my health contingent on the workload you give me you do not get to make me a bad steward over my health you do not get to get me to be a bad steward over my healing if I know that this is what this job and that was my last position if that's what this is offering then you are asking me to be a bad steward over my health and my well-being for a dollar amount and I'm not a slave to any salary the end let me explain some to you. Wisdom, it may come at different times and different seasons, but you know, maybe the 20 year old me would have been like, bro, they offering that? I will work 18 hours a day. Like, you don't gotta, you know, maybe the 20 year old less you know children and not really having big girl responsibilities and not really having the things that meant something to me in clear view on my priority listing maybe she would have been okay with that but this one here with the wisdom and the little shiny shrieks of gray to show it on her head she's not doing it that's why you, you can speak to an older person and what they prioritize now wasn't what they prioritize later. They're like, listen, I'll do anything to hold on to my peace. I don't let nobody disrupt that. And so that's the phase that I'm getting myself into. But I caught myself and I was like, wait a minute, what are you doing? I found myself getting discouraged. 
Because the next venture that I do want to take, I decided that, you know what, I don't want to run any longer from something that I'm passionate about. The reason why I decided that I didn't want to do in my field of choice is social work. It's because I was like, you know, they don't pay that much. And um, that's before I had to take the, the next job offering that gave me a lot of money. But I was like, this is not worth it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, y'all won't, I'm sorry. I have to take an antibiotic to continue this. This is not going to work. I'm sorry. And I had the mindset of, you know, um, it's a heart job. And, you know, you don't get paid what you're supposed to get paid. And uh I don't know if I want to be a supervisor. It was so many different questions that I think in order to answer that, God had to allow the door for me to step out to see, oh, the grass is not greener. It's just not worth it to me over here. There's grass everywhere. You have to tend everywhere that you go. But where are you going to land where it's worth tending to? That's how you find your mm, Selah moment, your, okay, this is it for me. Is it worth it to you? And so I went back and started applying back to social work jobs. I was like, this is just what I'm going to do. And found myself looking back at prior jobs because this particular site that I've been going to, it lets you see all the other applications that you turned in for this particular company. So I'm like, okay. And I looked and I found myself tripping because I'm like, man, I've been applying for this one particular job in this one particular unit for so long. And at that time, I'm like, okay, I I went all the way back to like two years prior. And I'm like, oh my goodness, they're just not picking me. And then I felt my mind kind of like playing to the like, I guess it's not going to happen. Yeah, because you've been applying for that for so long. And I don't know, it's just like that door is not opening. And I felt myself getting discouraged. And I was like, I felt a little sad. I'm not even going to hold you. And I was like, time out. Time out. I'm not going to allow my mind to play against me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm human enough to know that I can have thoughts, but I'm also spiritual enough to know that that's not going to work for where we're going. So let's go ahead and readjust that. So I said to myself, instead of saying it's not happening for you, why don't you ask yourself, what was God trying to save you from? Two years ago, did you need that position? Could it have been somebody else's blessing? Could it have been that, you know, you could put that in any arena. Man, I'm so single. Yeah, but real talk, if God brought the person to you now, would you have self-sabotage? Be honest. Is your communication where it's at? Is your love tank filled for yourself enough that you have enough to pour into somebody else? You, you, you want to be a, a mother and a father so bad, but, like, do you have patience? Is your selfishness on a level that you put somebody else before you in your sleep, in your finances, in your decision makings, like, come on, you don't want to be that parent that you're looking at that luxury item and you're looking at what the baby needs and you're like, luxury item wins again. (laughs) Sorry, you're just going to have to use that diaper again and again and again. Diaper rash on fleek. Who cares, K-Gray? But I said, no, I'm going to start looking at it different. I'm going to have to start looking at it like, no, God just seen at that point I wasn't ready. I don't know who was in management that may have conflicted with me. I don't know who was the, you know, the CEO or the uh, administrators over at that time that I was applying that God was like, nope, I'm not even going to make this job harder for you. Because if I give you a blessing with a burden, you won't thank me for it. You'll see the burden part and don't even realize, but I opened up the door that you asked me for. 
But the fact that it came with a burden, you looking at it like, ooh, or maybe I heard God wrong. Maybe I made a mistake. Or maybe maybe I should have went back to Egypt. You see what I'm saying? You always look at the previous situation and you're like, oh, that was much better than what I just walked into. My bad. Maybe I need to retreat. And so I just felt this seed, this nudge, this golden gem just deposit in me. And I heard, fan your faith. And I was like, fan your faith. I've always heard that. You know, you go to church or something, you hear the pastor say it or whatever. But I never really knew the origin of where that came from. So I had to look it up myself. And it's in 2 Timothy um, chapter 1. And it's actually in verse 6. And the hilarious thing is that I know 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. That's the one that says, you know, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, you know, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so I'm like, okay, I know that. But I didn't know the verse right before it. And that's the verse that Paul, was it Paul? No, yeah, it was Paul talking to Timothy saying, hey, big dog, remember that your faith, I want you to go ahead and fan it. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 in the NLT version says this. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave when, you laid, when I laid hands on you. And I was like, fan in faith? What happens when you fan a flame? What happens when you do that? It makes the situation worse. That's why if you take any fire safety classes, which I had to at my job, we have to do it yearly. They tell you what? Close windows, close doors, right? Because air onto flames intensifies. And so I was like, mm. now my particular wiring, my particular spiritual gift is encouragement. Meaning I can, I can encourage anyone that God allows me to encourage, but I also have the gift of encouraging myself. So when I heard fan your flame, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make sure that my mind is not working against me that, yeah, you know what? I see that, oh man, you've been applying for two years and you haven't got anything, but you know what? This time is different. This time is different. You got to sometimes remind you of mind yourself that, you know what? I wasn't who I was two years ago. So maybe with the skills and the assets that I ascertained and was able to hone in, maybe I'm able to go ahead and, and put all that together and present a better me in this department that's so difficult to get in that it feels like I fit here now. Maybe, maybe if I got there two years ago, I would have felt like the weakest link. Maybe, maybe this time is different. So I was like, okay, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that, that's, that's the me that I know. I don't know this, woe is me, it's never going to happen. No, we don't do Eeyore in these streets. That's not how I get down. So I was like, okay. Like, this is how I talk to myself. Let's go. Like, I chest bumped myself. Let's go. So I was like, okay, keep that going. I like that. So I went to Matthew 7. And I'm like, okay, Matthew 7, verse 7. You know, I read in the NLT version. What does it say? It says, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open for you. Chapter 8, verse 8, for everyone who acts receives. Everyone seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Bruh said, keep doing it and watch what's going to happen. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep applying. Keep praying for that husband and wife. Keep praying for the child. Keep praying for that particular house to be open. That you know what? The loan is going to go in your favor. You know what? That car is mine. I've been riding the trains and the mass transit for long enough. It's mine. You got to keep that mindset up. Keep doing it. It's not a one and done. You got to keep it set. On my conventional oven right now in my kitchen, it has 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and all the other minutes up to 30. And then it has one particular timer 
that doesn't go off on its own and it's stay on. Some of us have a 30 minute set on our faith. You know, if it happens in two weeks and you know, okay, I'll, I, you know, I'll go ahead and muster this up for another month, but I don't know if I could do it for the rest of the year. You know, I can go ahead and keep, I'll keep going out with the intent of maybe I'll find somebody, but I, but if I don't find nobody by the winter, then I'm done. I'll, I'll go ahead and keep on this diet regime. But if I don't lose this weight by the summer, then we done. Like maybe you will get what you would be asking for and what you're praying for if you change it to a time limit to just stay on. Just stay on. Matthew 7, verse 7 says, keep on. Keep on asking. Keep on. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Verse 8 says, for everyone who acts receives. Everyone, everyone. Forever, ever, forever, forever, ever. Everyone who seeks finds. You mean to tell me if that if I keep on, then you mean that everyone who's keeping on will eventually get what they're looking for? Yes. The problem is that you don't like the way eventually looks or feels. If if eventually was two weeks, you you keep on doing it. You understand? If eventually was about your lunch break, come on with it. If eventually it looked like you just had to last the weekend and then Monday, voila. You know, you you keep on doing it, but stop putting a timer on that situation and just put it to stay on. Just put it to keep on. You see what these Bible verses and stuff do? It's supposed to go ahead and ignite something in you to go ahead and make you fan your flame. Fan your flame. Don't get to a place that you just get punkish. You're going to get weak now. You, you can't afford to. Then I went ahead and went to Philippians 3.13. When Paul went ahead and said, no, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Oh, my goodness, how sweet is that sound? Here I am looking at that job like, but I applied two years ago. Forget what you applied for two years ago, but God is doing a new thing in this season. But God, I've been praying for that situation to go ahead and break a long time ago. Forget what you used to pray on. What Continue to pray on. What is God going to do for you now? God can go ahead and speed up. But then God is not restricted to a time limit, to a time frame. But you are. Yeah, you, you got to be honest with yourself sometimes. Do you just feel like, man, I'm this age, so it's over? Yeah, but you know what? This is my tax bracket, so I can never go ahead and get out of debt. Like, what is the thing that you put a time limit on that you so daringly equated God into that? God don't worry about your time frames, your time limits, or your time restraints. I'm going to be married by this age, have a baby by this age, be the CEO of the EEO by this age, have this particular car, have this much money in the bank, have this. And all of that is beautiful, but you put time limits on it. Why don't you just put them all on, clink, 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 stay on. Clink, 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 keep on. Why don't you just keep it on that? I don't know where we got into the audacity to try to go ahead and use our minds and our giftings against us. We got to do better than that. 
So then I went ahead and I was like, you know what? I need an example, God, because they're not going to just believe, you know, me just talking and saying whatever. He was like, cool. I want you to real quick, Um, I want you to go to Luke 18. I said, okay. So I'm going through my Bible now as we're talking now. And I'm like, okay, Luke 18. And he said, yeah, Um, I want you to read about the widow. Yeah, Luke 18. Let's start reading about the parable of the persistent widow. And I was like, okay. He said, read. And I said, here we go. Uh, verse 1. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Bro, always is a long time, but do you want it or not? Okay, read on. <laughs> G-check, <laughs> uh, verse 2. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that cit city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Four, the judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Oh, my goodness. If we can learn anything about this woman, if we can learn anything about this parable, it is, let me explain something to you. You don't need to know people in high places. You don't need to go ahead and be able to network and do certain things. You don't need to live close to whatever to get that blessing. You don't need to know whomever to get that blessing. You don't need to have that educational background to get that blessing. God is not limited by what you think you're limited by. The key component, the secret sauce is consistency, is keeping on. Are you willing to keep on? She didn't do anything fantastic. Her vocabulary wasn't to a vernacular that it was T.I. expeditious, you understand? That it was like, man, it's because she worded her letters right. It's because she, her uncle is the, um, you know, the judge's best friend. It's because, you know, she had the right money to get the right lawyer to, no, 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 no. This woman was on her own. She was a widow. And I think Jesus purposely made her a widow just to show she was on her own. That was a dolo mission. You understand? And so I'm reading that and I'm like, ooh, I want to go ahead and just dissect the fact that men and women are attacked differently. I believe wholeheartedly that women tend to veer towards it's not working for me. It's not working. Maybe that's why the woman with the issue of blood got the blessing that she got. Because the Bible literally says that she spent all her money. She went to all the doctors. And I'm sure by the time that it got to, yo, Jesus is over there, I'm probably sure she was just like, it's not working. It's not working, bro. I did everything. It's not working. But then she had to allow her mind to be used in her favor because the Bible says that she just thought to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. That woman couldn't afford for her thoughts to be used against her because the very thing that ushered in her healing was a thought. Do you understand that? That woman in the Bible that brought her dead son to Elisha the prophet, you know, that could be equivalent to somebody believing God for family unity and you just like, this thing's been dead a long time. 
it, it could be equivalent to whatever you consider your dead situation. But when that woman brought her dead son and said, nope, I'm going to bring this situation to Elisha the prophet. And when Elisha the prophet comes in and puts his hands or do whatever he deems to do, when he does it, it's going to be alive and well. My gosh, what does it take for a woman to see something that has been declared dead? To know by the time that I go ahead and get to Elisha, it's going to be more dead than what it was when I was here. What thought process does she need to have to continue to fan that particular flame and say, no, if I can just get to Elisha, this thought process, if I can just get to Elisha, it's going to come alive. It's going to be done because I know where this thought process is going to lead me and me getting to Elisha is worth it. It's worth it. Maybe that's the very thing that hemmed up Sarah. Sarah and Abraham, the fact that God told her, yo, a year from now, you're going to have a son. <laughs> like, we're talking, you're going to have a boy. And she looked down at her and was like, with these cobwebs, sir? Sir, <laughs> I don't have it. I'm sorry. And in her mind, she thought to herself, it's not going to happen. I'm old. <laughs> it's not. So what did her thought process lead her to do? think of another way for it to happen and that's why she went ahead and said you know what Hagar you're gonna have to go ahead and do what I can't do hmm really that's what you thought like you heard God say it to you you're going to have a son and your thought process was "Mm -mm, I'm too old really so you put a limit and a restraint on what God said. And so your bright idea was to go ahead and produce a God thing through another human being. Even though God said it was you, you said, yeah, but it probably is going to come through someone else. Even though God said he's going to bless you with that job. Be like, yeah, but somebody else probably going to get that position because of their education, because of their experience. God said that it's going to be time for you to go ahead and get said blessing. You keep looking at somebody else like you're more qualified. God keeps saying you are going to receive it. And you're looking at somebody else like, yeah, but you'll probably be first. Are you serious? But that tends to be the attack for women. So I was like, you know what? I believe there's a certain attack when it comes to men too. I believe that men tend to veer towards feeling inadequate. That's why I believe God said to Joshua so many different times before Joshua even started, be brave and strong, be brave and strong. Because he knew an inadequate man is a weak man. And a weak man is an unstable man. And an unstable man won't move in his calling. Hmm. You may be scared, Joshua, I know, but be brave and strong. <laughs> you may look at it like, bro, I, w- I was just following Moses a little while ago. How am I now going to be the leader? I don't have no experience. I was a follower. I was a servant. How am I going to be a leader now? Be brave and strong. Yeah, but I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid. Like, this is my age. I looked up to Moses. How am I going to be brave and strong? Moses seen that burning bush. And God like, listen, I need you to go ahead and and release the Israelites. And he's like, bruh, let me tell you what. I have a speech impediment, sir. Not only do I have a, a... a, a, a speech impediment not only that but them boys gonna remember all them years ago 40 plus at this point but that's what your mind would do them boys gonna go ahead and, and remember that I killed that Hebrew that one time and um and, and why are you letting your own assessment 
of why did you let your self-assessment equate to self-defeat? Why did you do that? Why didn't Moses look at it like I've been out of Egypt for 40 years now. I got a whole new different mindset. I'm walking in a different pace. I have a whole different, the way that I was before is not how I am now. Like you can't even pay me to think how I used to think before. That was 40 years ago. God, wherever you send me, I'm a conquer it. I'm a do it. Why didn't Moses fan his flame like that? Instead, he was like, oh, no, 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 God, I'm not who you need. <laughs> Bruh, I'm not it. I don't even talk right. I didn't do right 40 years ago. Bruh, I'm cute. And I'm flattered that you even thought of me, but I'm not it. Really? You're not it? <laughs> that, that That's what you're going to do? That's why David had to go ahead and change up what he heard from Saul. Because when, when Saul, the army, right before Goliath, the way that Saul described David, I'm so glad that he didn't have a, that same self-assessment. David had a completely different, like, okay, you see it like that, but I don't. When you look at 1 Samuel 17, and we can go ahead and start at verse 32, that's when you have the overhead of David kills Goliath. 32 says, and this is David being like, he he done, he he got the juice now. He like, buddy, this is what I'm finna do. It says in verse 32, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. And then what happens at the next verse? Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you could fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. Oh my goodness, sir. But that's not his self-assessment. That's how you see him. That's how you see him. And then the next verse said that, you know, David had to go ahead and, and, and get, flame his own fan, fan his own flame. That's a tongue twister. Don't even hold you. But he had to go ahead and encourage himself. Listen, I've been taking care of my father's sheep when this happened, blah, blah, blah. And that's what you got to do. Sometimes it's your own thoughts going against you the way Moses is. And then other times it's other people. And you got to remind yourself, no, that's not who I am. But I believe in the realm of men. That's what tends to happen. The enemy wants you to feel like you're inadequate. And then when it comes to women, he wants you to rear toward, but it's not working for me. And we got to go ahead and just start fanning our own flame. No, it is so. I don't care what happened before. I don't care how you see me. I don't care who, who's in a better position than me. God's going to do it for me. And it's not on a time limit. If I keep on believing this way, if I keep on knocking, if I keep on seeking, if I keep on praying, if I keep on keeping on, I'm going to get there. Because the Bible says that everyone who, who's doing that is going to receive. Everyone. And I don't want to be out of that pool. You understand? So my challenge to you is take off that poor self-assessment take off that time limited thinking and put it on on clink 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 keep on stay on conventional oven flow because if you're honest with yourself there is a place that you have gone ahead and defeated yourself before you even got to the to the mission really and just have a real assessment of yourself. Where am I having a poor assessment of myself? Where am I doing? And just be honest. Where am I doing that at? And then once you acknowledge it and once it's highlighted, I need you to change it and put, it, put that thing back on to keep on. And I want you to read Matthew 7 until it gets to the pit of your being. 
read and you can zone in on chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. You can do that. But I need you to start eating this thing and feeding off of it because we already see what happens when your thought process is not aligned to what God said. Do not feel defeated. You better not. Keep fanning it. It's going to make it worse. Keep, keep fanning that encouragement. That encouragement is going to grow. Keep, keep fanning that thought process. You, you probably going to think better of yourself than what other people do in a humbling way. Keep fanning that. You feel that? Keep fanning that. You feel that? Keep fanning that. You feel that? And you keep doing that. You keep doing that. You keep doing that. Do you understand? Do you have, do you have what you know that you, okay, you, you have your mission? You have your instructions? You know what needs to be done? Okay. So in that case, I feel like you got what you needed. <laughs> you know what these conversations are? They are life-provoking conversations. Conversations that's going to make you look at your situation like, you know what, I will never look this way again. There will never be another time that I feel defeated on anything because all I have to do is get a keep on on my spirit and God's going to do the rest. Mm. do you just feel like you want to put on your shoes of life and just run because I do I, I do I feel like I just you know what whatever I was thinking before rah, I feel like I want to turn into the Hulk with the encouragement floor you understand Whew. listen if we don't get off this phone I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep you I'm gonna keep fanning this thing you you better get off now Okay, well, I'm going to let you let me go, and we're going to go ahead and do something different. I need to go ahead and defrost this chicken anyway, but let me just go ahead and say, keep fanning that flame, conventional oven flow. <laughs> you understand? Look at me. You understand? Okay, because I needed to hear you. You wasn't, you wasn't giving me what I needed. I'll talk to you later. Later. <laughs>